0: Welcome back to Smash Speaks, my friends. I'm super pumped for this episode. It has been sitting in my drafts since February because I needed to do some editing to it. And now I've done it. And now I'm going to introduce you to two of my new friends. So I was sitting on Clubhouse one day listening to this guy talk about his story, talk about what changed in his life, that completely shifted everything for him. And I knew that I had to reach out and get in contact with him so I could hear more of his story and share it with all of my listeners. So I did just that and he was like, you know, I've got a podcast. I've got a co-host. Let's do this. So with no further ado, I cannot wait to introduce you to my new friends, Dominic Delgado and Amit Jagwani. My dudes, welcome to Smash Speaks.
1: What's going fire. on? What's going on? How you doing?
0: Doing absolutely wonderful. Excited that we can chat. And I'm excited to talk about your podcast and what brought you around to actually having one.
2: First off, I want to say I love your energy. Oh, I'm thanks. feeling it. All the way here in Miami, we're feeling it through the computer and everything. So it's 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 nice and appreciated.
0: <laughs> well, good. I appreciate that you appreciate it. <laughs> 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 So talk to me about your podcast, what is it, uh, what's it called, and why does it exist?
2: Sure, so it's called The AIB Show. You know, Amit and I are two lifelong friends from Jamaica. On the show, we highlight a variety of racial, ethnic, and cultural matters. You know, people have told us the show is enlightening, it's jovial because we laugh a lot Mm -hmm. every episode, even though many of the subject matters are heavy, we still wind up laughing. And uh, sometimes provocative. Mm. So it started because I was trying to write a book. This is Dominic, by the way. I was trying to write a book.
1: Hold up, pause. You want to tell her what it stands for as well? I'm getting to oh, that. Oh, my bad.
2: All right. <laughs> <laughs> Slowly roll. bad. Uh, so I was trying to write a book, and I was going to title it, Dear America, Am I Black? Right? A-I-B. Love it. Because Amit is Indian as in Asian, not Native American, I'm pretty much everything else possible. Black, white, Hispanic, Arab, Native, Jewish. uh, One big mix up in Jamaica, like we said, like a mongrel dog. So I was trying to write a book because once I came to America long ago, I was automatically perceived to be black. Just, you know, from my police incident, which we'll get into, to any tickets to work environments, it just no matter what, you're black. And it wasn't like that in Jamaica, we just, it, it sounds very cliche, but I didn't see color. So I was trying to write a book and understand why in America you're considered black if you're mixed. For example, Obama, we just say he's the first black president when okay. we're kind of denying the fact that he is half white. Mm-hmm. So going through this, digging into the history of America, realizing it came down to the you know the one drop rule and things of that nature. I was telling him that I was struggling to write this book. I'm trying, I was trying. He said, You should do a show and talk about it instead. And I said, Well, we talk about issues like this every day. Let's just do the show together. And kaboom, here we are. Here we
0: are. That's awesome. Thank you. I think it's really important to address the the MI Black, especially in, uh, you know, the United States of America, where labels are getting slapped around all over the place. So you say that you are from Jamaica. Uh, why did you both come here?
1: <laughs> so, uh, well, so it's interesting. We're, we're both uh, American born. We just grew up in Jamaica. Oh, uh, so. So we came back, I guess, in some yeah. way. I mean, so we were born here. So it's interesting. When we were born here, we both come from, uh, you know, generally middle-class type upbringing, which afforded us opportunity to come to the States often enough, literally to go to the mall and stuff like that. No joke, <laughs> right? I mean, don't be me wrong. We didn't come from, a, like, we're lucky in the situation. We didn't come from a lot of hardship as it relates to this, stuff like that. But um, as things progress and as the need for, furthering our education and building a future and stuff like that came about uh jamaica kind of has a cap on that because of just being a third world nation and having things av- uh, available so uh our parents wanted the best for us since us here um and they were right and uh so we both went to different high schools actually dom went to dom was a guy who went to like a prep school and did you know all that stuff where you see it you know like a proper boarding school and all that kind of stuff and i went to public school so we had different experiences, but we all but we came here to kind of take the next step, you know, high school and college.
0: Sure.
2: Yeah, I came in 91 for school and college and then moved back to Jamaica in 2010 for about a year and a half. Oh.
1: And, and I came in 94, but I graduated high school in Jamaica, uh, but I was pretty young at the time, so I didn't want to go directly to college. So I came back. Uh, if you will, and did junior and senior year again here in the US in ninety four and then I've stayed.
0: Very interesting. So, Dominic, you mentioned that you would say that you were colorblind as cliche as it sounds. How do you feel about that? Well, I think
2: I think it's a disservice to not recognize color now. Mm -hmm. I think I think you know, when we, we try and say we're colorblind, you know, innocent, nice people say that, it's kind of a disservice because we're not recognizing the differences that everyone goes through, whether it's a white person, black person, Asian, whatever, there are differences. So I, I think, you know, our mentality should be, we should treat all people the same, but people aren't the same in terms of how they look and what they experience based on their look and their environments, things of that nature.
0: Absolutely. Matt, do you have anything on that?
1: Uh, well, it's, it's, and like I mentioned, I'm, I'm lucky enough in the situation that I, um, You know come from a a, like a decent middle class i'm bringing in that situation had both parents all that good stuff the problem the interesting part for me was coming here is the labels are there now i was never put in the uh am i black scenario however um i'm indian as he mentioned and i went to new jersey when i first got here which has got a sizable indian population and at that point it was what type of indian are you and all these other subcategories that i had no idea about because again jamaica just didn't exist we're very on the surface, so it was a different cultural experience in that way, where it was like, where do you belong in the subcategory uh, within the Asian category? Where do you belong? So, you're filling out college applications, and it was like Asian Pacific Islander, and I was like, uh, is that me? Because I don't have the, you know, what I'm saying you're trying to find a bucket to put you in. Um, so, it it was a it was a similar experience to Dom, except that it was uh, it was just trying to identify, you know, what I was in the eyes of everybody
2: around me.
0: Sure. Does it feel weird to be labeled something that you maybe don't identify as?
2: I actually find it comical. Okay. For example, if I get a if I get a like a speeding ticket, it's just automatically written down as black. Hmm. Right? It just it is what it is. I mean, I've had I've written down well it gets the police incident but when I was trying to expunge my record, they had you select what you were and I just wrote you for Unknown because they didn't have a mix. I know what I am. I'm all mixed. And they changed the U in the police station to a B for black again, which I found comical. Hmm. I, know. I consider myself mixed, proud of everything. There you go. May I please have your name, sir? And his first response was, Stop fucking calling me, sir. Hmm. And I said, I apologize. It's just the respect I was taught to treat people with, um, unlike, you know, kind of the way I've been treated tonight. Oh. And he's dragging me in. I said, Well, may I please have your name, sir? And then he said, You know, that's it, you're going to jail. So it takes me to the front of the club. Uh, In the police car, in the front of the club, they throw, two guys actually assaulted a friend, a black guy and a Hispanic guy. They throw the black guy in the back of the car. They throw me on the curb while they're processing the paperwork. Where my friends, including Amit, he was there, are telling the officers, you know, uh, Dominic did nothing, which I clearly did nothing. The Hispanic guy is standing across the street watching. He's not being arrested. Eventually, another officer comes and picks me up, shoves me in the car, and I say, may I please have your name, sir? And he says, you want my fucking name? And he he takes a a business card, puts it in his hand, and punches me in the face. shoves the card in my shirt pocket, which was pretty dumb, because then I had the information of the officer who actually punched me. (laughs) I'm the smartest guy in the world. Clearly. So... Now the two officers are driving myself, the black guy in the back of the car, the guy who assaulted uh, our friend, one of the two guys who assaulted my friend. and i'm I'm very I'm a loud guy in general, so I'm very agitated and loud. And remember, i'm I'm zip tied behind, sitting up telling you know this guy sitting beside me, you know i'm just, I'm kind of yelling at him saying, you know, I told you my friend was drunk, why'd you do that? And I said, what's really messed up is you barely did anything to my friend. Your other boy didn't even get arrested. I'm arrested, I didn't do shit. You know, he's not saying anything to me. And I start getting pompous. I said, this is BS, I'm gonna sue, blah, blah, blah. The officer slam on the brakes, I fly into the partition. Mm. The other guy didn't because he slunched down real low in the back, I'm sitting up. I slam into the partition, the officers start laughing. Uh, they wind up doing it again. They say, take that, you cricket. I said, you know, what's a cricket? And I'd never heard this term cricket before. They do that again. They start cursing like that, insulting me. And, and I flipped. I, uh, I started insulting them back. I was very mouthy, mm. you know. 19. Um, <laughs> 19 years old. I'm being insulted like that. I, I, I went back. Happens back and forth. You know, we get to the police station, the officers get out. Now, this jackass sitting beside me decides to talk. After all this, he hasn't said a word the entire time. Now, all he says to me is, You're about to get your ass beat. Oh, and I kind of chuckled and laughed. And I said, What? And he said, I think chuckling is laughing, by the way. I think a chuckling <laughs> and a laugh is hot. See, this is what 30 plus years of friendship will do, where you go at each other, right? Um. So I, I thought that was absurd. Like, what does you mean I'm about to get my ass beat? So he just shrugged. The officers take me into the lobby of the police station, remove my zip tie in the, again, in the lobby, not a back room, not in the car, not in the alleyway with probably a dozen other officers in there. And anybody could have walked in the lobby as you could have just walked in the lobby and seen this happen. They start hitting me. Then one, one hit perfer Punctured my eardrum. I you want to say perforated? I was saying perforate. Yeah. I, I got my peas mixed up. I wasn't sure where to go. I got caught up. <laughs> punctured, perforated, I don't know. Burst my eardrum, right? So I lost my balance. My equilibrium was all messed up. And I fell. Now I'm on the ground. They're stomping me and kicking me and saying, you know, get up, nigger. This, that, that all that kind of language. Uh, so I stand up and thank God I hadn't been drinking. Because your natural defense is to fight back. It's just human nature. And they're trying to get that reaction out of me. And I'm purposely keeping my hands down while they're doing this to me. And I, I know exactly what they want to do. So I figured I, I'm 19. I could have taken the two of them. But there's no way I could have taken anybody else. I would have gotten destroyed by the rest of the I would have been bum-rushed. And... It happens again, they're punching me, they're hitting me, I fall again, I curl up into a ball and, you know, they're kicking on me and stomping and, and saying that same disgusting language. And I stand up and they're just screaming at me to fight back, screaming and I refuse to, they go and throw me in a cell. At that point, I was extremely worried to say the least. I, I was actually shivering because my my thought process is, if they do that in the lobby, what are they going to do to me in the back room? No kidding. Right. If that's in the public, so I'm not even a, at that point. The, the
1: that was me. My bad. Sorry. <laughs> reminders.
2: <laughs> at, amateur hour over here. At that point, the 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 macho attitude, the 19 year old kid, that had all gone away. I was just a scared little boy. Um, Rightfully you so. You know, I wasn't crying. Wasn't crying. And it's not because I was trying to be tough. There there, there were just no tears. It was just fear and shaking. You know, and they, I, they left me in the cell for a while. They eventually took me, threw me in the back of the paddy wagon and transported me to the actual holding facility of the jail. You know, I had no idea what was going on, on the outside. I had no idea a maid had reached out to my mom in Jamaica and she had gotten on the first flight and was flying up. The, the sad thing was in jail, to this point, I can't hear out of my left ear. It's completely gone, my hearing. And I get to jail and I'm, I have no idea how I look. You know, I had a few bruises. Luckily on my face, the bruises weren't that bad. Uh, but I'm telling the CEOs, the correction officers at of jail who, who happen to be black. I'm telling them what happened, saying this is bullshit. You'll never believe what happened. And they just had this casual, oh, well, attitude, which was very disheartening. You know, they said, it's, it's my fault. And I said, what do you mean? And they would just say, you should know black people shouldn't be on South Beach. This is where this happened in South Beach and Miami. So A, we're falling into that bucket again where I'm automatically perceived to be black. Yep. But B, I just thought it was remarkably fucked up that they've decided to accept this and they know that this shit happens to black people in South Beach and it is what it is. Yep. I had no idea this shit happened. I, you know, you, you hear about the stuff on TV and, and you read about it in the news, but it, it never, I, I was remarkably ignorant to the, amounts, it happens. It, it was just staggering. So my mom came, and bailed me out, took the emergency room. I wound up having emergency surgery that week. Uh, thankfully, eventually I got my hearing back, wound up settling a lawsuit with the city of Miami Beach. And from then I've just been about, uh, you know, being a, like a perpetual seeker of justice.
0: That's powerful. I've heard your story so many times already, and it, it's still... Blows my mind. It's a, a weird combination of mind blowing and also not surprising, which is probably the worst yeah. bit. Because unlike you both, I did grow up around all of this. So it's unsurprising, but it ugh, doesn't make it any better, obviously. That's the, the bad yeah. thing about it is that shit like this is normalized.
2: Absolutely normalized. And it, it just, you know, of course, disproportionately affects people of color and poor people, regardless of color overall. Mm -hmm. it's, it's the system is just, it's messed up.
0: 100%. So that being said, uh, how do you feel about the defunding the police movement?
2: I literally say defund the fuck out of the police, (laughs) but here's the thing. I, people are shocked by this. I'm not anti-police. I actually say in America, it's the hardest job in the country because for what I do for work, I don't have to wake up leaving my house, leaving my family and thinking I may not make it home, right? I think with the negative attitude we have towards police, the biases, things of like that, it makes it the hardest job. That being said, they dug their own hole and have caused a lot of these issues themselves. They also don't have the mental health resources they should have. I find it mind-boggling that we don't require officers to have annual evaluations and mandatory support for mental health because... We see it every day, the ramifications. It affects society, it affects their own lives. Imagine what goes on at home, who knows. So I think we should defund the police, not abolish police, I'm not for abolishment. Defund meaning reallocate funds, as Amit likes to say, to things that actually curb crime and benefit society. Reinvest in housing, in employment, in education, in athletics, in the arts, in infrastructure, in public transportation in employment resources and job training, things of that nature will c- curb crime. Over-policing doesn't, it's a fact. It does not curb crime.
0: I agree. Amit, what's your take?
1: I mean, I just think that it's a poor marketing job to call it defund the police. Honestly, I think a lot of the conversation we're having now is just because they marketed it horribly. And had you called it reallocated, you done anything that actually expresses what I mean? defund just means we're not funding them anymore. Like it's a very, very horrible word and it caused a lot of confusion obviously and for people to come on the other side saying that they just want to end policing that's not the case at all so to me i'm like the the the, the cause as dom said is is I'm, I'm on board and fully supportive i just find that they have a horrible pr department <laughs> and that's gonna
2: make it even harder honestly
1: i mean if people think it's one thing and it's not then you've got to explain what it actually is and if ever you're explaining things you've got you're wrong you're, you're done if i gotta explain what viagra does somebody's gonna buy it, it you know what it is the marketing was great you know what I'm saying? It just is. And that's the reality.
0: It is. It is. And it, it's so interesting, too, because we have been using that terminology for teachers forever. Uh-huh. <laughs> because teachers are consistently being defunded within the education system. and Which, which, is, which
2: is remarkably ridiculous. <laughs> but, but that's a great interrupt, But yeah, that... that- that pisses me off too but anyway go on no it's fine <laughs> right.
0: like that was that was my thought it's like we don't think twice about it with the teachers where like you said if funds were reallocated into education there'd be less need for all of the policing so it's it's wild that you know something so important that's supposed to be like the backbone of our society is you know education <laughs> is completely overshadowed and just thrown to the wayside but then you bring it up with cops and oh god heaven forbid <laughs> <laughs> it's
2: it's just wow the, the the whole system overall so you mentioned education i mentioned those other avenues as well which in my opinion will absolutely over time gradually help curb uh, crime and not just that just improve i think overall health it, it, communities are better, things of that nature. The the problem is America's lust for incarceration. It's a disgusting lust for incarceration. We think locking people up is the solution to everything. You know, we have 5% of the world's population here in America, but we incarcerate about 25% of all people in the world that are in jail are here in America. Mm. That's staggering. Are Americans crazier and more violent people? No they're not so why why here are so many more people locked up
0: and for silly crimes
2: in yeah. my opinion <laughs> yes yes absolutely
0: 25% that's yeah. that's that's wild
2: as a, as a numbers nerd, it irks me that it's 25, I think it's probably like 23, but you get the point.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Why you got to lie to me like that?
2: Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> See, now your own position is
1: up <laughs> for <before> marketing.
0: <laughs> so I love that you mentioned the police mental health um, and how there's definitely a lack there. Um, but I also I want to go back to your experience since you said it, it affected you both going forward so much, I do want to um, understand a mid version side of the things um, and how it affected you both. So if you would both be willing to and maybe a little bit vulnerable to talk about how your mental health was affected after this, the police incident and moving forward.
2: Sure. And before Amit goes, I-, I neglected to mention mental health as a funding. If you look at any of our posts or anything I've done personally, that's also another one I'd like to reallocate funds for 100%. community because to, the fact that we arrest all these people who have mental issues and we think the solution is to just throw them in jail that's also absurd um, digress.
1: yeah no so for me it's uh how do i describe it for me where i grew up when i grew up etc the idea of therapy and things of that nature were uh not frowned upon but were uh of course were judged yeah. what's well, it's not upon? It's like don't do it, but it's like, really, you did it. It's more like a judgment thing than a you shouldn't thing. Um, you know, it's like it's it's emasculating or in them kind of situations, which is just comical. Um in my adult years, I can say that I have gone uh to therapists and things of that nature. Not Specific related around Dom's situation that doesn't weigh on me as much as you think it does. Um, but- Thanks. She's <laughs> fine. <laughs> no, um, That's no, but the reality is- <laughs> I mean, the reality is like, it, it just changed my perspective on the, what we thought could, uh, couldn't happen as it relates to, you know, living in the States, living in a place where things are, you know, we're all quote unquote equal and things of that nature. And you realize that things aren't as black and white as you would hope. Um, and I use both those terms horribly, black and white. white's not really what we should be saying the scenario, but you know what I mean. Right. Um the reality, yeah, so it just, it just kind of gave me a different perspective on things. And then I've had my own um run-ins uh with with uh police in that situation, nowhere near as Dom's situation. Mine was a mistaken identity thing. Mm. Um, but having seen uh Dom's situation from the the angle that I did, it kind of just changed the dynamic for me where I am um a little more pessimistic, or a little more—you know—like I'm not, I'm not as it's all going to work out and trust in the situation. I'm a lot more um, skeptical about everything, which is sad. Uh, so in that sense, it has changed me in, in a negative fashion towards anything of anything of authority. I'm a little more skeptical on giving anybody too much power across the board because, especially when there's no checks and balances in place, and when I'm not somebody who can implement said checks and balances. So. I'm kind of at the behest of everybody uh, in government and authority, et cetera, and it just scares
2: me.
0: makes complete sense that you mentioned mistaken identity and-
2: <laughs> <laughs> I, was, I was gonna mention this. Is what I think it is? It, it is. <laughs> <laughs> Can I answer that? <laughs> <laughs> so we, we talked about this in an episode um, He was mistaken. <laughs> I'm, I'm also Puerto Rican. My dad's Puerto Rican. He was mistaken to be not just Puerto Rican, but a Puerto Rican woman. woman. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I have long hair at the time I was in high school. And uh, they assumed I was, a, I was a Puerto Rican woman um, in a car with two other Puerto Ricans. We're all Indian, by the way. Uh, we killed two people that night. uh in the car we were driving uh obviously it was not the car we were driving and we weren't the individuals um so it took some back and forth conversation to uh to to alert the cops to their mistake uh and uh we luckily all went home fine but we did have some guns pointed at us we were scared we were wide awake for the rest of the drive home yeah we so it was, yeah, it was interesting. But again, um, again, so pales in comparison to job not that I'm trying to win a competition here in that scenario, but, uh, again, that's why I'm just pessimistic about everything because understanding the job is difficult, that particular job, but understanding that as a society, we just have our predispositions. So, uh the only way to uh overcome, uh surpass, etc., is to meet more and more people who are different than you and kind of understand what yeah, they're about. List, what they're
2: I about. think listening, listening and taking the time to understand that what people say is not hyperb hyper, hyper, wow, hyperbole. Speak English, it's been a long it? day. Hyperbole a it's, conjecture. 10:30 it's right? in the morning,
1: yeah. Eastern. Yeah. 11, sorry. This yeah. <laughs> yes,
2: guy's not hyperbole a conjecture, but, but listen, you know, there's the assumption that You've been arrested, you did something wrong, which we know is many times not mm-hmm. the case. So, Dominic, what is your take on uh,
0: your mental health? I-
2: I've been pretty fortunate where, I mean, maybe one day when I'm older, this shit is just gonna come out and manifest itself, but it I've been well off. It's never affected me, It just- You never I've been, did therapy, did you? I, I've done therapy in life, but never for this. Never, Um, which is interesting. Yeah,
1: I just thought about that. Because
2: I, I consider myself a clown. Like I just laugh every day. I find joy in the st- stupidest things, um, and I'm pretty much always happy. Hmm. So
1: he's, he's a jolly fat man. <laughs> he's like
2: Santa Claus, but round. So I'll tell you. But here's here's one incident where my mental state was a little fragile. Right after it was, so. After the process, I was charged with disorderly intoxication. So before we even get to the lawsuit, I have to defend myself as a college student. Right? Okay. So I didn't have a suit. I went to get a suit. And I'm getting measured for the suit. And there's this very nice but old gentleman who's not allowing me to rock the pants in the manner I want. Remember, this was mm-hmm. early 2000s. So for us, and what we were, it was a lot of baggy culture and baggy stuff. So I wanted a big baggy suit and you know with that accordion look at the bottom and he would say no no young man you can't do that <laughs> and i was like sir please I, I just want to wear the suit how i want to wear he's like, you cannot do that that's ridiculous so we argued back and forth and and he won even <laughs> though my mom bought the suit he won so i'm it's getting like dressed friends
1: episode I don't know if you watch friends where chandler goes to joey's taylor he's an old italian dude and he's just really conservative and Grabbing up crotches when he's measuring the pants. No, done done done
2: <laughs> so I'm getting dressed and I'm, I'm going to court that morning. It's a martial guy. The first time in court dealing with this, it brings back memories. And I didn't have any nice shoes to wear either. I had these, lugs which back in the day were kind of like oh, look, not I realized
1: quite- he went to a prep school his whole entire childhood
2: was <laughs> born <is>
1: <laughs> around having polos and a jacket yes but when you get to college you things. don't
2: have to wear said things
1: right like he grew up <laughs> so this those way donated. and then he decides to not, not maintain so his these, identity
2: I had these lug shoes <laughs> lugs were like Tim's but looks. not Tim- yes back then yes and then I didn't have socks I had regular Nike socks but these had been kind of faded in the wash i live by myself you know laundry was not very good and so anyway i show up to court and i'm a little paranoid because the pants are a little high the the pant leg not quite capri but just kind of weird looking and i'm a little subconscious i'm nervous i show up and a mint and another friend are showing up as character witnesses and, and for support emotional support and they walk in the courtroom and he looks on me and he just looks me up and down and he just starts dying laughing. Oh no. Dying laughing in the middle of the courtroom. And <laughs> I was like, thank you very much.
0: <laughs> I feel great now, thanks. Yeah, yes. Yeah.
2: I mean,
1: and, you shouldn't have worn that suit. That's yeah. a bad suit. So, I mean, they probably let him off, or probably he probably won the case because of the suit, because he just looked so pathetic. <laughs> it was a horrible suit.
2: But overall, my mental health, my mental state has been uh, pretty solid. Uh, My wife overall says it's kind of weird the way I think and everything. Um, I just, I don't know if i call it fortunate um, that just overall in life, things, the good affects me, but the bad doesn't. Meaning I I embrace and overjoyed by the good and the bad things in my life or or life of friends and others um, don't. I've also been fortunate though that I haven't really been, Dealt with anything really bad. I mean, so far that police incident is literally the worst thing that's happened to me. So, Legit thing
0: to happen. So
1: yeah, I
2: was gonna say I was
1: like, yeah, I don't even want more. Let's <laughs> just <laughs> say that's it for your so life.
2: I, I've been fortunate, but again, like mental I health. I think we, as a society, and in, in in various cultures, you know, especially within Jamaican culture, Black culture, it, it's frowned upon, you know. The resources we need for mental health therapy. I'm um, a strong advocate for it. I think. I, I think society, if if we all embrace that, shit would be a lot better for oh, everybody, personally and collectively.
0: I absolutely agree with that. I um, actually, I just did another interview not too long ago with a, a black man, and he was saying how when he was. An actual Black man, by the way. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well played. Yeah, so he knows. No, he is Black.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, and he was saying how he was raised, it, It's it was not really socially acceptable to talk about any sort of mental health issues and that he's finally grown out of that now but it's it's interesting that you know what it starts starts somewhere and maybe when we start to reallocate funds we can start see, seeing differences that's the hope yeah no kidding but it reminded me out um you might follow sean king i'm sure yeah but yeah his stuff pops up on my, my feed a lot and the family like there's something going on with us uh, some... oh god
2: just last week yeah it was yes.
0: So there's some mental health issue going on and the family or the person will call for not a cop um, to yeah. come help and then a cop shows up and destroys lives literally it's
2: horrific it's it's it's, it's devastating i mean I, I don't know how to describe it it's...
0: it needs to be seen to make a difference to get out there yeah the white privilege or white fragility and how it's affecting things right now i mean do you have anything I-
1: I mean, that's it's it's just it, again, it's one of these situations where uh, it's a it's a poor marketing situation. <laughs> I'm sad. I keep going back to it. But, you know, the, it, whenever you go at anybody with certain terminology, it immediately sets them on a path of uh, defensiveness or 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 uh, angst or anger or whatever. Right. It, you immediately set the tone for what they think. And I think with all this stuff, you've got to go at it with the appropriate, uh, you know, buzzwords and that's just, the, that's the reality of the world we live in, right? So calling it, uh, when you say words like white privilege, et cetera, the assumption there is that everybody has the same privilege and they do based on the color of skin but they don't based on socioeconomic situations as well. So, but the reality is it's all jumbled together. And again, when you have to explain the difference between one and the other, you've lost the battle.
2: And we also subconsciously associate privilege with Money. wealth. Yeah, yeah exactly, yeah. only wealth Yep. where it's not just that there's so many things we're privileged with you know we're, we're able-bodied privilege. i can walk people are in in wheelchairs you know i'm vertically privileged amid not so much <laughs> you know and i'm
1: not i'm not weight challenged like
2: <laughs> we're all we all have a ton of privileges individually in comparison to others it's not just economic and that's the default mechanism is you know, thinking, well, I grew up poor. That's ridiculous. I have no privilege. Mm -hmm. Well, you need a good marketing team,
1: honestly. And Uh, I always say that, I don't always say that, but I say it for a lot of things and stuff like this, you need it because only people understand quickly. And then to, before they draw a conclusion one way or the other is to give them a term that kind of resonates with them. And right now the word privilege doesn't resonate very well with a lot of people just like the fun doesn't resonate with a lot of people and so on
2: and so forth. And that's what gets me is I think people are way too intellectually lazy because if the, a a is right, it it doesn't work for people, the the terms, but my real problem is, so you're hearing there's a huge problem, whether it's with policing or you're hearing with a huge problem with, with discrimination, things of that nature. But that doesn't resonate. What really resonates is the term white privilege or defund the police. That's where your passion and aggression goes into rather than moving past that and digging deeper into the respective issues. I love the, the
0: phrase intellectually lazy, by the way. I wrote that down and I'm, I love that.
2: Yeah, I use, it, I use it a lot. I actually think I, I didn't grab it from anyone. Most of the stuff, should I say, I grab from yeah. people. <laughs> like what I like to say, I heard on Clubhouse the other day and I'm obsessed with it and I researched it's gaining a little traction is to decolonize your mind. I love that one too. But uh, intellectual laziness, yeah, I think is a is a pervasive problem that affects America. No doubt.
1: Not in the world, but okay.
2: I think a lot of time though, I think, especially in light of you know, between both the last 12 years of Obama and Trump, I think it's really affected America a lot. Valid, but I also think we're myopic means, because we live here. Yes. Mm-hmm.
1: Um, whereas, you know, there's intellectual laziness, I mean, in Jamaica as well, everywhere. Like the reality is people, now the, the, the difference is, uh, being in an America and being first world, we have access to not being such lazy, So we have access to actually learn pretty quickly, uh, via the Google machine, et cetera. We have access to a lot of stuff, but the laziness uh, transcends and we don't do any of it. Uh, versus other places where they may not have the access to the correct information or to the resources, et cetera. So in that sense, yeah, we're pretty damn bad.
0: it's just a matter of like you said the intellectually laziness of of people and
2: that that boggles my mind because i'm pretty adamant in my beliefs and steadfast but i'll admit it if you if you get me to flip and convince me in something show me that whether it's whether it's an opinion and you change my opinion or just show me what i believe this fact to be wrong Uh which happens I have no problem admitting it and you know, it's, it's just weird that people don't. But the facts yeah.
1: can't be wrong, it's a fact.
2: <laughs> no, I held this fact. Oh, yeah. see
1: but how do people do that? You can't hold something as fact if it's not fact. Like I don't understand how people have positions on things that aren't fact. You, you can't say I believe this when, so that's what gets me too. It's like, oh, when people use terms like um, the wrong facts or whatever else, like it's comedic to me. But then
2: or, we can never determine what a fact actually is because we could have a encyclopedia that says this is true and then, 50 years later it's proven it's not. So it valid, never was a fact.
1: At the time it is fact. Period. At the time we're living in right now, it is fact. We know that we have gravity, we know that X, Y, and Z exists, we know that that all these things exist. We know the sun rises and sets. We have all these things which are facts. You cannot dispute these things. And people go, some people go, oh, the, the flat earth situation, you know, and it's like, oh, we're using different facts. I'm like, no, you're wrong. <laughs> there is no different facts. You're wrong. Um, but that's neither here nor there. Sorry.
0: No, I think that's legit because <laughs>
2: Watch out, nerd alert over here? <laughs> no, it's, it's,
1: it's comedic when people say stuff like that. Like, facts are facts, period. Plain and simple. There is no debating them, et cetera. That's why they're facts. I dogs.
0: agree. And I, I immediately know. thought of the flat earth people.
1: No. It, it, you know, I mean, it's, it's comedic. Our boy Kyrie Irving, I'm like, dude, there's no flat earth. It doesn't exist. But you know? the problem
0: is that they believe that that is fact.
1: So, but the thing is, and they'll say that too. It goes, well, I believe. And I'm like, well, I don't care what you believe and which doesn't make any sense either. Like, the belief is fine. You could believe. Uh, and another statement that bothers me people go, well, I don't believe in that. And I was like, well, I don't care if you do or not. It still exists, you know. Like, I don't believe, you know, in, in whatever. Like, people do a lot of stuff like that across the board. Like, I don't believe in taking medicine. And I was like, I don't know if that makes any sense, too, just so you know. The medicine is there for a reason, etc. cetera. Your belief has nothing to do with it. The medicine still exists. Right. And the medicine still helps, et cetera. But it's stuff like that that bothers me because people are just lazy, yeah. and they have whatever thought process they have, and they stick to it and double and triple down, and so on and so forth. And especially if they're so entrenched to go against that, it's like that that goes back to the therapy thing, right? To to to, to seek therapy assumes that you know that you need some assistance and some stuff to change your position. Uh, you have to come to terms with the fact that your your position may have been incorrect. And the reality is, uh, people are not so. Um, good to admit when they're wrong. And so that kind of perpetuates a lot of things or good to admit when they need help. Luckily, those things are changing over time, but that's kind of the basis for a lot of stuff. Uh-huh. Like, you know, so yeah. yeah.
0: That's that's the beauty about science and facts is that it's true whether or not you believe it. it, it that's, it's just a fact. Sorry, man.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's all it is. It's like, look, I don't know what to tell you, but sadly you're wrong. And I have all this evidence to prove it. Um, and just read a little bit, and you realize that you're wrong. But uh, now I'm asking too much.
0: <laughs> I think what I want to know now that we've gone through the heavy stuff, what's one thing that you wish that you were asked more?
2: Asking how they can help affect change mm. in this country, right? And that's a whole long-winded sure. answer, but it's 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 enlightening yourself. It's educating yourself. it's It's supporting whether it's a cash bail fund, Things. There, there's so many various ways. So I wish people in general would just ask how they can help change, because that's my passion is to fix this crazy judicial system we have, the criminal justice system, where there essentially is no justice mm. for way too many. You know, it's not the land of the free fake. It's not, you know, justice for all. It's fake. Yeah. So it's my long-winded answer.
0: I think that's a good answer. Thank you. Amit?
2: Yeah, um, my life isn't as, as colorful
1: as Dom's as far as the experience. My experiences, I've had my experiences, don't get me wrong, they're just different. So for me, it's, I I'd hope that our podcasts and stuff like that and conversations like this, we just, we just have people ask, people just engage more in conversation. I don't need a specific question asked, but just the conversation itself is of interest to me. When people want to talk about anything, then that's fun and fine and, and great and enlightening all that good stuff, um, versus people just accepting the status quo uh i hate people say that things are just the way they are because that's kind of foolish because if that was the case then nothing would change um and the world would still be flat uh so that's kind of the scenario right it's like so yeah as long as you just have some conversations man just want to talk to people eat some food eat some different stuff uh, meet some different people experience some different things and just that and uh yeah i I don't like doing the same thing all the time because then there's no value
0: I don't value it. it's just not exciting sorry
1: no that's that's good
0: that's good yeah the, the it is what it is mindset is not helpful
1: <laughs> no and it, yeah and it never is <laughs> and again it can be jovial it doesn't have to be down and depressing and dark it can be fun and
2: jovial but, it's like talk as evidence this, this conversation there's been heavy subjects but we laugh we just we, we're always laughing.
0: Yeah, that's it's it's important. I think.
2: Couple times inappropriate, but usually not. No, always appropriate. <laughs> laughter is
1: generally appropriate. The world,
0: generally. the world needs more laughter. I I definitely agree with that.
1: So we're doing our part there where we can.
0: So I know that I got a ton out of this, and I appreciate you guys uh, spending, sharing your truths and sharing your experiences. Myself and my audience.
1: Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.
2: Thank you very very much. Love the energy. <laughs>
0: thank you. It's, it's not always easy, right? You know, in the morning, but here we are. I'm doing it. We're rocking it out. So Dominic and Amit, thank you so much for joining me. And I look forward. To- How freaking cool were those guys, right? So as always, if you got some value from this, which I know you did, go ahead and screenshot this, toss it into your Instagram stories, tag me, smash.speaks, check the description for the guys. Let us know what you think. And I hope everyone has a wonderful rest of your day. Thanks for listening.